What is up, folks? It's Matt Whitmore, one half of Fitter Food, of course, here with the, the wonderful Keris Marsden, as always. Afternoon. 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 Uh, guys, episode number 55, and we've got another epic guest on the show. This week, we are joined by a lady that goes by the name of Sarah Doyle. She comes from the beautiful island. Don't tell it's the wrong way, Sarah, because you are <laughs> incredibly gorgeous as well, but you've got one of those really lovely therapeutic voices that I could just listen to all day. Yeah, I was going to say uh. that. <laughs> But guys, Sarah, in a nutshell, is a life coach, motivational speaker, and we actually got to know her through her fella, uh, James Hanley, who we've actually had on the show as well of Revolution Fitness, and he was on the show uh, talking about strength training, strength training for women, etc. So be sure to check that out. And we kind of got uh, the added bonus of then meeting Sarah. We met her recently in person after kind of having an online relationship, if you like, for, for, <laughs> a bit dodgy. for, for many months through Facebook and Instagram. Uh, but we met her Some in mutual creepage. Yeah, yeah, just watching you, stalking each other. But we met in Portugal recently on a business mentoring trip, and it was awesome. And we just knew we had to get her on the show. So Sarah, without me waffling on anymore and sounding any more weird. <laughs> Why don't you tell our listeners a, a bit more about yourself, you know, who you are, where you come from, why you started doing what you do? Awesome. Well, I guess before I kick things off, I just wanted to say a massive thank you for having me on the show. It's a bit surreal for me because I've been following you guys for so long. Oh, <laughs> no, you're really more than nice welcome. to actually be included in, in this. So thank you both for having me on board. To tell everyone a little bit about myself, I guess, and... Um, tell me to stop if I rattle on for too long. Like you said, I'm a life coach and motivational speaker. My business is called The Better Life Project. Such a good name. And myself and James co-founded what we refer to The Better Life Project, the BLP, just a little over two years ago. And the the story behind how the BLP got set up is, for me anyway, a really, really nice and, and interesting and, and uh, story that, that certainly has helped me through the hard times because setting up a business can be very difficult as, as well as also very rewarding. Four and a half, five years ago, I qualified as a life coach because there was always something there that I wanted to be able to do with people to help motivate them to help inspire confidence to empower and to help people in some way reach their potential and flourish so whilst I was working or studying to become a life coach I was working in a university here in Dublin and on paper it was a wonderful job I was progressing very very quickly and I was fortunate that at the time when I got the job which would have been um, during the recession here in Ireland so getting jobs you were very very lucky and um, particularly in my field which was international development at the time human rights I was very lucky to get a job where I was not only working on international development human rights but I had a very close relationship with the partners that I worked with about seven or eight countries across Africa so on paper everything was great but I became increasingly anxious and stressed and unhappy and the little bits and pieces that made up who I was, I refer to it as my sparkle, just got dulled out very, very quickly. I guess like I, 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 we all go through bad times in work, but this was a, this was a bad time for me. And um, I kind of forgot about all my dreams of coaching and working with people to empower them and to inspire them. But I'm very, very fortunate in that James never forgot about my dream. A few conversations later with myself and James, 
he turned around to me after we got some very sad news about one of my mom's closest friend's son. He died by suicide oh, at man. only 19 years of age. Wow. And I've never met him before. I've, I've known we've all been touched by suicide in some way. Mental health here in Ireland is a very, um, it's, it's a very sensitive topic, but it's, it's everywhere, particularly in young men. James just looked at me one day and he said, Sarah, now is the time. Can you not imagine the Better Life Project Centre? And this was the first time I had ever heard anyone say those four words, those four words that have completely changed my life. I just said to him, I actually have no more excuses. Because when you learn about someone who... When you learn about someone who couldn't go on anymore, really does afford you a little bit of perspective. So whatever fear that you had around chasing your goals just doesn't um, seem valid anymore. So yeah. I was a year putting an exit strategy in place in work in order to leave that stable and secure job with confidence and start to work on the Better Life Project when there was a structure and a following already in place. So the transition for me because of that year that I put in place um, was reasonably easy. Um, it was like floating from something um, that my old self was quite passionate about into something that my, my new future self was passionate about. So it was a, a lovely transition to make. But because of so many things that just happened, I no longer had any more excuses not to, not to set up the Better Life Project and to work on it full time. It almost just felt like I, I would, I never want to live with any sort of regret. And I knew that if I didn't act on that feeling um, after James said, can you not imagine the Better Life Project that I would regret that forever so that's how the better life project came about um, the focus of what it is that we do is helping to empower um, people to achieve the levels of happiness health and positivity that they want and um, empower and inspire people to be able to think big about their lives and we um, help them to achieve those goals by putting a plan in place and, and teaching strategies and tools so that they can continue to coach themselves beyond interaction or work or programs with the Better Life Project. And every time I say we, I, I mostly just mean <laughs> James, James plays a massive role behind the scenes with the Better Life Project. Without him, it wouldn't exist, but the coaching stuff would, uh, would, be, would be me and then James. James, I, I wish that more people could see what it is that James does because his his input and his influence has been um, absolutely incredible. It just the place the thing wouldn't exist without him. Has he told you to say this, Sarah? Yeah, <laughs> totally. He's actually sitting behind me. Has he, has he written a script for you? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. If you say this, Sarah, I'll give you a chocolate bar <laughs> or a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's kind of how the Better Life Project came about. That was 10 months ago. So I've been uh, 10 months onto my journey of being self-employed, um, 10 months into the dream, um, which I still find quite surreal. I used to think that it was always really funny when people said that they were chasing the dream because I thought the whole idea of a dream was that it would always be a dream and that you could never actually take steps to, put, to make that your reality. So for me, it's quite strange and surreal that it actually is the dream. Well, well, that's congratulations! Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you. It's an awesome story. Yeah. Am I right in thinking that you do? You, do you work predominantly with women? Yes. Yeah, mostly. Whatever words I say and however I say it, women hear that the most. At the moment, I am incredibly passionate about body positivity, 
um, and our relationship with ourselves, self-love and body acceptance. And that talks to a predominantly female audience. When I work with women um, who have low self-esteem or low self-confidence and you see them journey towards a more confident self, it, it is one of the most rewarding things to ever be a part of. Um, I've been that girl before with, um, with high confidence but very low self-esteem. And when you have high confidence and low self-esteem, it's a very, very confusing place um, because the internal dialogue, the, the struggle is extremely intense because you can do the things that you want to do and in theory the ability is there but you question your worth and your value so much you completely stand in your own way so I've been that woman before learned how to be a more confident self and to have self-esteem so working with women to help them achieve that is is it's just freaking awesome do you know it's, it's really interesting that you mentioned that because we ran a, a, a 12-week optimal body program for women where we covered everything from nutrition to mindset and yeah. that actually came up that um we did a, a webinar just on um it, it's a bit on life coaching and mindset and yeah somebody posted on it and said i've got all the confidence in the world and zero self-esteem and and it's funny yeah. because um, when you see people online and you see them speak and, and the person in question had a job that involved her getting up and in front of audiences mm. and I just never once thought that she doubted anything about herself that's not the impression that I got but actually she was yeah. almost crippling herself with this inside so it's, it's yeah. so interesting yeah and that's I think this is the the, the perception um confidence We've um, put confidence and self-esteem into the same category when they're actually two very different things. would look at how a person feels about their abilities. And self-esteem refers to how people feel about themselves and their value and their worth as individuals. So you know yourself, the more you do something, the more confident you are. So I could stand up in front of a group of 100 people be incredibly appear incredibly confident or knowledgeable or resourceful but once you learn how many times I've stood up in front of that many people you'd understand that with practice comes confidence and and that's a another I guess really it's it's a it's a poor um understanding of the whole idea as well confidence is not a gift it's not and um, yes some people have more than others but that does not mean that someone with low confidence won't ever develop and grow it, it comes with practice but we think that by talking our way to um, increase confidence we'll magically get more confident whereas you know the key is just staying in, in practice and taking action so yes the person on the stage who talks to 100 people and appears confident probably does that for a living or if not for a living has racked up some serious amount of hours doing it um so you, and we, you, you we train it that. essentially don't you so just like any you know working out in the gym or or getting savvy exactly. with food prep you're training your confidence yeah. in a way mm. That's it. And, and we, we forget that. We, we really almost feel like there is a secret to being confident. The secret is, is that the people who are, are the most confident at things do, do it the most. Um, and I see this every single day in all walks of life. You could be incredibly confident in work and very outgoing, extremely innovative, extremely proactive. But if you were to go out to a bar with a friend, 
and this hot guy came up and talked to you, you wee your pants a little bit, burp in his face, and go bright red. Because <laughs> you have no idea what's going on. You have absolutely no confidence. And you you sort of, is this away. coming from personal experience, Sarah? <laughs> Instead of taking it head on. Did that so, actually happen, Sarah? That's what we want to know. Is that how you and James met? <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> <laughs> we stared at each other from across the gym, and I had to run to the bathroom. And, but we, we forget that about confidence, and, and it really is some of the most simplest things to do, but you just go out there and you, you just take action on it. So the only way to get more confidence is to do the thing that scares you the most. Because I think that's a really good way to put it, the way you said that, that confidence yeah. is based on, on your ability and uh, self-esteem is based on kind of how you feel about yourself. Absolutely, yeah. And I've, I've never thought to look at it like that. No, that's, I never, that's, that's I've, really never I've never separated but the two. Yeah. E- equally, and I'm going to probably use, I'm going to use two examples here. One being kind of uh, social media and, you know, let's talk about women for the moment um, mm-hmm. as that's kind of who you, you work with mostly. And yeah. to be fair, it's probably where I see it most from anyway. And mm. things like the, the, the pouty selfies, the half-naked gym kit shots um, and chucking these these pictures out there left right and center which to some could be perceived as incredibly confident might see it as as arrogance Uh, but Mm. then some which is this is where I this is where I come from with it I was gonna say I know what your opinion of is is of it I I Mm. normally see it as an insecurity I thought you would say attention seeking yeah well well, to me that that attention seeking is an insecurity because it's almost like they crave the attention to make them feel better this is coming from a guy who put a naked plank in one of our groups I actually did a naked plank (laughs) yeah that that was just took a picture that was just (laughs) for a bit of banter I think is and Two things to say on that, and, and I think I think what is unfortunate about what you said there, Matt, and this is nothing against you, but this <gasps> is just symptomatic of how our society is thinking these days, is that you would not look at one of those girls on, on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and go, fair play, she likes herself enough, she loves herself enough to put her body out there. She loves who she is so much that a bikini photo is just a way for her to show the world I am okay with who I am. And I think it's quite sad that we live in a society that doesn't see or try to find the positive in what it is that that person could be doing. Now, could being the operative word, because I don't think there are many women out there who do that. But what I'm trying to do with my... Sarah, do you want... just want to stop you there, right? Because yeah, <laughs> all I want to say is, is I I totally hear what you're saying. I always just I I don't mind half naked shots of women. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> but I just wish every now and again it would be accompanied by a smile. Yeah, I was going to say a that's genuine. Scary. I'm happy. Yeah, right now, in yeah. this moment, to be taking this picture. Whereas normally the face isn't even in the picture. And, it's just their body. Or it's a pout where you could imagine they've probably taken 30 shots before they were happy with you know one. I think yeah. that's, for me, it's more 
how contrived everything is. So yeah. it's, it's yeah. the angle, it's like the angles to make things look slimmer and smaller and distort reality. And, and it's, the filters and, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, yeah. I'm just a bit like, let's have some, some, some but ugly photos up again that like we yeah. used to as kids yeah. where you didn't have a choice. You went and got your photos developed at Snappy Snaps and you couldn't yeah. do anything about it. God, I loved those. <laughs> yeah. so, so like, where I are those photos? Pretty, you had no idea what was coming. It yeah, was, it was yeah. always so exciting, wasn't it? Precisely. Yeah. And it's like, I guess... That's so what I'm always very, very careful of. If you guys were to look at my Instagram or my social media, any of that sort of stuff, I don't follow those girls on Instagram and kind of went through a, a phase with my Facebook of culling anything that didn't have a positive influence on my life in some yeah, sort of way. Because a long time ago, I, I realized that to become more confident, I had to understand that I was on a journey. It wasn't something that was going to happen in a day or in a week or in a month. I needed to make a commitment to myself in order to do what it would take in order for me to be a more confident version of who I was. And a small part of that was looking at my Facebook and going, I'm not going to unfriend anyone, but I'm not going to follow Jim selfies, butt selfies, or <laughs> anything that didn't support me or empower me. And it's the same with my Instagram feed. My Instagram feed is full of Ashley Grahams and Catherine Budigs and people that spout positivity and and body acceptance and self-love so I'm lucky I think that when I go into my Instagram account I scroll through all of this incredibly empowering stuff and I walk away going well that was freaking awesome and it inspires me to do something similar as well but I know and particularly with with the younger folk you know you're 19 or 20 it's like our our value is measured by how tight our abs are and how yeah. perky our bum is these days. And there is something fundamentally wrong with that, the way that we spend half an hour taking a selfie to put one image up, check it every 30 seconds to see how many likes it has because the more <laughs> likes we get, the more validation we feel. It's so wrong, um, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But there, there are people out there who are fighting that. Yeah. There are people out there who are leading the way to body positivity. Yeah. Um, we just need more of those we need these people to play a bigger role in in the lives of young women who feel insecure because when you see someone who's got a little bit of jiggle and a, and a you know a whole lot more sexy than someone else you're going to feel better about yourself because it's when you think that you're the only one or when you think that you have to be like the majority that's when shit starts to get really crazy but the majority of women there are four and a half five billion women in this world eight of them look like supermodels <laughs> but those eight women are everywhere yeah yeah we, we don't see enough of the curvaceous voluptuous who rock their curves own it and have the levels of happiness and confidence that some young girls think that you can only have when you have abs and a tight arse I was going to say so do you find um because you because you work um at home Mm. like as an entrepreneur and I know I found this so I'm no longer in an office and um training wise I've just been um going to yoga which isn't perhaps as social as when I used to train with Fitter London as a a crowd and it's almost like the more time the less interaction I have with other women the more I'm Mm. losing losing a sense of reality like you've just said so because I'm surrounded by six packs and selfies and pouts and yeah. I'm feeling more pressured to be like I need to get some makeup I don't wear makeup and I think I should probably put makeup on in pictures because yeah. and, and it's probably because also there's not enough actual interaction happening anymore between women you know it's all on everything's online but equally I, I yeah. think you know because I want to put this out there as well 
the same thing is happening with guys you know it isn't oh, it isn't just women yeah, no, you I know agree. like I you know. yeah Matt and I've only been made aware from someone how bad it is for some guys out there and it's it, it kind of made me really sad because I said god Sarah you've been focusing so much on women trying to help them but guys go through the exact same stuff so yeah I'm actually seeing with guys um this is something I picked up off the radar from personal friends clients I think depression's uh, rapidly increasing in guys. And yeah, I actually with, think it's, I put it down mainly to, to stress like that, I, that I see mm-hmm. that. And some of it will be pressure. I don't think they feel the same pressure. I think guys are a little bit more accepting generally. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's my, but I do feel that there's, there's, there's like lurking depression somewhere amongst guys, whether that's from, I don't know, what's driving that. I, I demand it's, it's got to be stress, really, or estrogen yeah. in the water. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I, I had the statistics, but uh, mental health here in Ireland is uh, statistically worse in young men than it would be um, women of the same age. Oh, really? And for... Now, I, I'm speaking colloquially here and... and um, off, off my memory as well there's something about men young men not talking problems as much as women do um, young men will suffer in silence a lot more than women will um, but then it's also the um, uh, men or seek their identity from, from less things than, than a woman would so work with men for example is is extremely significant and plays a massive role and that man becomes his job would become her job um, and if that job was to be taken away that that man's mental health would would suffer as a result so again these are all just stories that i've, I've heard that I'm, I'm trying to regurgitate here in ireland mental health with young men is is, is um is a very sad landscape do you, do you not think that for men especially and 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 I can relate to this. In the, You're depressed me- about your looks. <laughs> I'm, I'm depressed at just how good looking I am. I actually feel bad about how others must feel when I. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. There, there's the confidence hiding the uh, the, the lack of self esteem there. You see that? Yeah. <laughs> Matt does actually have confidence issues. I'd say about about how he looks, which is just insane. So like, yeah. people think that you you are very because you come across very confident. Um, but then you ask me questions that I'd expect a girl to ask, like... Does my bum look big yeah, in this? Basically, yeah, basically. <laughs> you always say yes. <laughs> my legs look yeah. small in this. <laughs> yeah, no, but, yeah. but do you know, for me... Don't, don't worry, Matt, we can talk after this. <laughs> cool. Thank you, Sarah. I'll, I'll totally give you mates rates. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I was going to say was, is that for men, uh, you know, a problem or, you know, them feeling unhappy or demotivated about something i'm just trying to think of examples talking about it to their partner their family their friends to them and i i could i've certainly felt this way that you you see it as a sign of weakness you know and it's not very it's not very manly to have these problems you know a man should be able to deal with everything Mm, and shouldn't be seen looking to his woman to make him feel better because that's his job to make her feel better and make her feel protected you're 100 percent right and it's it's the problem of the ego and i think the ego plays a a greater role in men than it does in women but our ego is the part of us that wants to feel really special and wants to be right all of the time no matter what the cost 
most. So if it means that we suffer alone and we suffer in silence, we will do that because we need to protect our ego. And I think that when we can shed ourselves of our ego, when we can let our ego go, which is something that since our trip in Portugal, I've been actively working on because it was most definitely an issue for me. You start to see yourself a little bit more authentically and you start to see your true self a little bit more. But it's really, really hard because you spend, you know, 29, 30, 40 years living with this ego and allowing it to dictate how you need to manage your emotions and how you need to manage and interact with society. And then all of a sudden you realize it's a problem. What are you supposed to do with 30 years worth of behaviors and attitudes? It, it, it can be hard. Yeah. It can be over. You can overcome it when you have a clear vision in mind of what it is that you want your life to look like, you ask yourself a question, will will talking about this issue, will seeking support help me achieve that vision? And the answer is always going to be yes. The answer to should I get help is always going to be yes. But sometimes we just don't let ourselves ask that question because we're not really clear on where it is that we want to go. So I think um, there's no shame in asking for help. Um, It does not make you weak. It makes you incredibly courageous and incredibly wise. And I think if anyone out there does ever suffer towards coming to terms with those feelings is writing it down great power in journaling and then at least you have thoughts there to sort through and then asking for help because at least you've done something on it already so you kind of built up your confidence slowly that's great i think i think that that's one of the things that people that's the first hurdle for a lot of people is actually Mm. um you know physically going to get help Mm. because there's a bit of a stigma um and i also think definitely this is something that um, our generation, I think most generations needed it, but our generation more than ever because of the way social media has changed the pressures that we experience. Um, but it's almost like if you said to some people, uh, I'm going to get a coach or have counselling or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think like parents and grandparents would sort of look at you and roll their eyes, like, what, what are you doing that for? You know, like it, yeah. it, it's yeah. really misunderstood and there's a slight stigma there that yeah. you have to overcome. But yeah. I actually think for me, working with clients on nutrition and lifestyle and training, dealing with a lot of what you're talking about first and I'm sort of like wait before before we do anything we need to sort all of this out because it's driving really poor nutritional choices and lifestyle habits you know too much coffee there's too much alcohol there's too much like sod it diet moments and it's all because there's some internal stuff that they're not working through Mm. Exactly, because people working on the intrinsic stuff is not as sexy as working on the on the extrinsic stuff. Yeah, I've oh, gone into I've gone into gyms before and done workshops on um, body acceptance, self love, goal setting, and you would have fifty percent of the amount less even turn up to my workshop than you would if there was a workshop on how to lose um, twenty eight pounds in, in in six weeks type stuff. Yeah, because people want the instant results; yeah. they don't respect or value the the inside stuff as much not yet anyway I think we are slowly changing that article Karis that you wrote about getting your mojo back or finding your mojo again oh yeah we need more people like you writing more stuff like that and owning up (laughs) to their experiences and and saying this is what my life was like and, and and these are the steps that I take in order to feel better and when we see more of that sort of stuff um, we will break down those barriers and remove that stigma um, but again we just need we need people to pioneer and we need people to lead the way and, and you know what you did with you know people your um, Fisher Food community is going to read that article and 
you guys are so well respected within the health and fitness industry that people are going to look at this going well if, if Karis can do it so can I and if, if Karis does it that you know it's it's okay to do and it's okay to feel this way so we just need more people to talk about those dark moments or those sad moments as we do the people who, who talk about the good stuff and it's the exact same with social media we need less of the abs and more this is what I look like on a daily basis as opposed to this yeah. is what I look like after shot 30 and filter 4 <laughs> well, what I always find funny as well and I always think like this especially with like the gym selfies men only take a picture at the end of their workout when they're all swollen and got a pump on whereas a woman will always take it before she started hasn't even started sweating in the changing room you know look, looks absolutely like in pristine condition yeah, but yeah. to me I'd almost oh, it's so weird it really is there's a, there's a whole lot of um people um in ireland using this um ridiculous ab check selfie i find it really really upsetting so i decided to create a self-esteem check and a self-confidence check oh nice and um, because i think yeah i think we can use social media is only as bad as we make it hmm. and unfortunately there's just a lot of people who have turned it into a very shitty oh we're gonna edit that out uh, <laughs> i'm, I'm, I'm no, only joking can. that's fine. fine that's fine i think there's just a lot of people way and i think what we what we need social media to do is to is to capture the essence of of our efforts and what what makes us up on the inside and we need to focus on the intrinsic stuff and we can use social media to do that i you know would regularly put up stuff going working on my mental fitness like i'm working on my physical fitness and we need to tell people that that stuff is okay to do mm. and we need people to understand that that you can increase your happiness in the same way that you can increase your your health and you can you can become more positive and more confident in the exact same way that you can you can become healthier or that you could become a better reader or a better pianist and um, people think that these skills are completely fixed and you have what you're born with and that's so far from so stuff like abs ab check selfie i just find incredibly self-indulgent and completely counterproductive because when you're 90 years of age and you're lying on your deathbed you're not going to care whether or not you have abs because you're probably going to be pissing into a bowl <laughs> that you're going to care about are being surrounded by people that you love and people that you care deeply for i was at a funeral there a couple of weeks ago and um, one of james's um relatives passed away at a very wonderful age and i just looked at james and i said james when i die i, I just want to be surrounded by everyone that's the only thing i care about i just want to have everyone who i've ever made an impact on celebrating my life and that's it and it's gonna be massive we put, <laughs> we put so much energy into working on our abs we, we don't spend as much time working on our relationships working on ourselves on achieving a vision working on making an impact in this world working on helping people our attention goes where our energy flows and if we're always obsessed over abs we forget that there's so much other stuff out there that will enable us to live a really good life so we can use social media for that sort of stuff um we just need to think a little bit more creatively i guess it's so interesting that you, you give that example of the abs because i don't know if you've seen um ruby wax has got a tour at the moment for her new book um, okay. we actually went to see her speak and she speaks about depression um, okay. it's a phenomenal play and she talks about um how she ended up with depression she's on medication for it and talks about how yeah. stress and social media and and her lifestyle basically sort of drove that um mm. drove that situation but one of the things she talks about is 
this obsession. She actually has a Swiss ball on the stage when she's talking and she's doing crunches and she's saying about the pressure to have a six pack. And then yeah. she says, and why do we want the six pack so we can go home and star in our own Lynx advert or whatever it might be? And it's, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> like, why do we want it? It's not, it's not a sign yeah. of health. And we keep having to say this to people. You know, I know several people with six packs who are incredibly unhealthy. And I don't mean because they starve themselves. I mean, because they genetically got one and they can eat what they like, do no exercise yeah. and they have a six pack. So it's not yeah. a sign yeah. of health. It doesn't represent health. But for some reason, we've decided it has. Or, or happiness. Exactly. Or happiness, yeah. But then the other flip side exactly. of it, I was going to say with, with the Ruby Wax stuff, it is a brilliant play. But I also think there's a bit of an element of... Um, one of the messages she's giving is if we're depressed talk about it which is great but then the depression is um, slightly genetic which I also agree with but I think there is so much that you can do to empower yourself and that's the stuff that people aren't realising so I'm seeing a lot of I'm I'm depressed and I'm going to put that up on Facebook and say you know it runs in my family I've got it I'm cursed with it sort Mm. of thing Uh, I'm not ashamed to say it but you know equally I'm sort of like there is so much you can do and you don't even know what exercise um, counselling support psychotherapy nutrition sleep can do for you you know like so those are messages that I want to sort of get out there as well and I I, I 100% agree with you I saw this post on Facebook that um, described a little story saying that a a young person went into a doctor's and said they were feeling depressed and the doctor prescribed um, three 30 minute exercise sessions a week daily mindfulness and um, good food and I just walked away saying that's it that's that's that is what the answer is don't go diagnosing yourself with depression anxiety or stress until you address your lifestyle and remove all of the assholes and wankers from your life (laughs) I think it's really important that we that we do that happiness and the one thing that I find incredibly liberating about the journey my own journey is that I, I I read a book a while ago called the how of happiness spoke about the science of happiness and described it in a very accessible and readable way and it says that you can take control of your happiness you can become happier but it does take work and that's not a very palatable statement for so many people because we think that we're born happy and those levels of happiness is what we will have for the rest of our life but if you could imagine happiness like a pie chart 50 percent of that is made up of your your genetics so 50 percent is fixed 10 percent relates to your circumstances and it's strange because we spend about 80 or 90 percent of our time energy and resources working on only 10 percent of our happiness we think that abs car house flashy partner big ring we think that this will make us happy but yet scientists across the globe have demonstrated that it only represents 10% of your happiness the remaining 40% are intentional activities things that you can do on a daily basis to increase your happiness that you can take control of on your own you don't need a doctor for it you don't need a coach a nutritionist a psychologist a therapist you don't need your mom or your dad it's on you and for me that is such an empowering fact because it means that when I'm having a dark day I know that there are certain things I can do to lift me and to empower me if I think if I'm ever having a dark day I will think about my future with James and I could be brought to tears because of how happy I become thinking about what it is that myself and James will do in our future 
Whereas three years ago, if I was having a dark day, I would have gone shopping and gotten a manicure <laughs> and, and, you know, retail therapy and all that sort of stuff. And that stuff is nice and it's pleasurable and, you know, it, it, it makes me it, it, it makes me happy, but for a short space of time. And Women everywhere are now going, oh, God, that's me. <laughs> I go shopping. But it's okay. And I, I want people to say that that's me because then they will be able to turn around and go, well, what can I do? That is more than just putting a band-aid over the problem because that's what things like retail therapy is. That's what getting a new um, a new phone is. It's short bursts of pleasure and cheer, and it's very transient. And it's 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 not going to do anything to support your you achieve long-term happiness in any way. Who is and, it? And I think someone said um, it was actually at our academy. We had a guy. Um, yeah. um, he's a strength coach who does some mindset stuff, and he was talking about how awesome. I think it's Apple have cottoned onto this, and that's why they keep releasing new versions of everything because they know yes. this is what people are doing. Like, well, we're so unhappy in life, we just want new things all the time. No, but do you, <laughs> do you know there was, um, there was a, a program on this about, yeah. and specialists, I mean, it was a while ago now that I saw it, took like um, like thermal imaging or whatever, uh, like yeah. scans of the of people's brains when they were yeah. in a an Apple store and they were saying that the part of the brain in the people that are these Apple addicts, you know, that buy every single Apple product that's on the market, yeah. that the same part of their brain is kind of like going in full effect as, as those that are highly religious. Yeah. So it's yeah. very, they've kind of like very, like, like tapped into the whole cult aspect of things in that yeah. these people will buy the new iPad, even though we only released one two months ago because it's yeah. slightly thinner they want to be the first ones that have got it. Hence the reason why people Q. take a day off work <laughs> to queue. It's insane. But it's also, um, there's this uh, uh, thing, I don't know if you guys have heard of it or not. I, I came across it in the same book, but it's called hedonic adaptation or the hedonic treadmill. Basically refers to our tendencies as human beings to get used to something very, very quickly. So... I don't know, if you guys were in the room together and Matt farted, you'd get used to that smell really quickly. <laughs> I'll never get used to that smell. <laughs> our, <laughs> our happiness, we, uh, and there's so much research out there about lotto, lottery winners, they revert back to the same levels of happiness they had before they won the lotto, even though they've got 10 million euros more in the bank. What? Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's crazy. So, you know, if you guys... Yeah, it's it's the same thing that Apple are probably cottoned on to. The reason that they can um, release new iPads or new iPhones so regularly is because as human beings, you know, after a matter of months, we become we're no longer impressed or satisfied with what it is that we have, and um, so we we become open to other things because it's short-term gratification we get it immediately you know we might get that you know dopamine or serotonin cares you would know the difference better than i would but it makes us feel good chase that pleasure that pursuit of pleasure is crazy and the beauty industry the health industry media and technology and 
they, they, they all know this and they've taken advantage of it and us as a result hmm. and they know that we're going to get bored of what it is that we have so they'll just throw something else out there that'll cost 500 euros and people will buy it crazy it, it makes so much it sense is. actually because i was saying to matt one of the things i've done recently is i, I was saying to you before we went on yeah. on this uh, call was i've ditched coffee um, yeah. and because i've noticed i wasn't really enjoying it anymore but now it's like if, if we if we go out the weekend and we're going to go and find a nice artisan coffee shop i know i will love every sip of that coffee yeah. but when we're in portugal coffee's everywhere it's really good and we just we just drink too much of it <laughs> and i was just losing the appreciation for it i was saying to matt you know it's not really doing it for me anymore so i don't know i, I, I totally get that and and, and i think yeah. it's also why people find it so hard when we're working with people online to commit to something because when it's new when we do like a 28 day challenge and it's all new and it's exciting mm. and then when we're like oh by the way it's like this for the rest of your life you know then it's become <laughs> oh oh bloody heck you know like it's suddenly yeah. it's just not yeah. no, it's not exciting anymore and and you know that's when I think people flip between um training programs nutrition programs they're always it's what's the new next big thing and and that's why yeah. these, these classes like Barry's boot camp and whatever it may be are, are storming it because it's like they'll come up with something new you yeah. know gyms are yeah. always trying to come up with and, new grit classes we, or whatever they're we called enable it which is the worst part yeah. <laughs> some people do they enable that yeah. like I see it all the time with my clients or with James's clients they want new sexy they're chasing programs the novelty factor yeah. is huge for them and you're sitting there and you're going go home every night express gratitude for what you have in your freaking life <laughs> dream a really big dream work on being consistent yeah absolutely. but they won't do that the people who chase programs probably aren't that grateful for what they have in their life and aren't really sure about the direction that they want to go in in life yeah so they're always looking for something new and different to give them something new and different to think about that's definitely i mean the factor that i'm starting to look at more with clients is is their careers because yeah. they're, if, they're, if they're just sort of plodding along and like yeah. you've said there's no vision there's no sense of achievement there's there's nothing to drive them to to go to work and perform every day wow this must be an like as much as being an entrepreneur is incredibly stressful and a real roller coaster yeah. i'd rather have that than 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 what they're experiencing which is just like you know just just getting up you know just going through the motions every day that that's, that's just soul destroying in a way and i think because because we are entrepreneurs or small business owners we have to have a long-term plan in place in some way and i think because of that it's it's easier for us to create that vision that we want for ourselves even if it's a five-year vision or 10 year or 15 year we know what that big picture is but um if you're just plodding along working for it's hard to think and to conceptualize your future because so much of it feels like it could be out of your control i, I always remember there's one bit of my advice my dad gave me about a career my, my career was just never stagnate yeah. Always keep keep oh, gotcha. scaring yourself, keep keep challenging yourself, yeah. keep keep moving forward. And and when he when yeah. he when I was in an office job and he knew I was cruising because I was well paid to do very little, he was like, yeah. I'd go and visit him and he'd go, How's work? And I'd go, Oh, it's all right, and he'd say, You're cruising, you're cruising, you're not challenging yourself, <laughs> you're wasting all of your abilities and talents and stuff. I'm like, Oh right yeah. then. Yeah, and then when, so I said, when I said I'm going to be an entrepreneur, really oh sorry, <laughs> when, <laughs> when I said I was going to be an entrepreneur, he was like. Yeah. What, what, what are you going to do? I said, Dad, I'm going to be a personal trainer and run a fitness company. He's like, oh, God, well, what was the point of going to university and getting all your qualifications? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's changed his tune now, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, Sarah, I was going to say, so yeah. what would you do if, let's say, someone has come to you? Because a big thing that I'm seeing now, and, and I'm reading a lot about this in blogs and articles and on yeah. Facebook, social media, that there's this element of where people, I suppose... They don't deserve, they either don't deserve happiness 
or they don't deserve to feel how they feel because they look at their life and they think I've got a job I've got a roof over my head I've got a husband who adores me or a partner that adores me I've got fantastic children I've got everything that anyone ever needs in order to be happy just just a little something that's you know that gives that should give me that spring in the step and it's not there is this you deep down inside you're trying to get some free advice (laughs) (laughs) no no but it's almost like sometimes I think people I was going to say have you been talking to one of my clients because you've just described her down to a T oh really <laughs> yeah. but I just I just think I see it so often in the and, yeah. and I was the same in that you know we could list down right now all the things that we've got in our life that are amazing and that's a great thing to do because it's all it's always good to just you know gain you know get some perspective on just how fortunate we are but then equally like you said at the beginning of the podcast um there's nothing wrong with just wanting you know, a little mm. bit more out of life. And that doesn't necessarily mean more money or a bigger yeah, house or more holidays. Yeah. And I just think, what would you do with someone like that who kind of almost comes to you and says, you know what, I've got everything I need, yeah. but I'm not entirely happy. Yeah. And for, for me, that that person doesn't understand their value or worth as a woman or, or, or man. They don't understand their value or their worth. And their focus is on 10% of the pie that I mentioned, so that is circumstances. I have all the physical things that I need to be happy. Kids, husband, job, money, house. So I should be happy, but something still doesn't feel right. It's because we've limited ourselves to focusing our energy on trying to appreciate that 10%. And we focus in on that 10% so much that we've actually neglected so much more of what makes us happy. So we need to demand a higher standard of life in general. And that's not moving to a bigger house or changing the car or revamping the wardrobe. That's going to be challenging our 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 self, our inner self to grow and develop and flourish in some sort of way because the people that have stagnated, the people that are stuck in ruts are, I believe um, the word is languishing. Um, it uh, was written, Maureen Gaffney, um, she's a wonderful Irish psychologist, wrote a book called Flourish and she described those people as languishing. I, I hope I have that right. But these people just need to tap into their potential a little bit more and they need to dream a little bit bigger. And in order to do that, they need to understand that life is more than just that 10%. It's more than just our circumstances. The people in our lives, I think, are the most important thing in the world. But we could have the most incredible people in the world and still feel a little bit empty and a little bit stuck think until we find what that passion what that purpose what that drive is we will continue to feel a little bit stuck and we will feel guilty because of it because we're going well I have everything that I need in order to be happy and I'm not happy and I feel guilty so I'm going to put loads of pressure on myself to be happy yeah. but I'm still not happy um, <laughs> we need to we need to look beyond that 10% and try to actually find something that we're passionate about and, and in some way find our purpose and I think when we can find and live that purpose we will be able to flourish and that's when I believe that you will find true happiness it's when you, you're doing that thing that you were created for you know yeah um 
but it's it's the guilt that we sometimes experience because we have all of the circumstances that we need we have the best of everything but yet we still feel empty because that's not what happiness is it makes up a portion of it and it adds a lot of value to our life but it does not define who we are as human beings what will define us is how well we can live our purpose and um you could still be a mother with three kids um you know driving the fancy range rover with the five bed mansion not be living her purpose i'm not taking away from the role of mothers in any way or for, you know from being a mother or from from being a wife or or a homemaker or any of those wonderful jobs that you can do but i do feel that we have a purpose each and every one of us that we were born for some sort of reason and if we're lucky enough we get to figure out what that reason is i think if you um i think some people out there you just have a sense of of like you just said you, you get this sense um of whether you were you've got more in you or you wanted different things for yourself and yeah. um when we we did a similar course of coaching as to what your you offer clients and I said I yeah. just highly recommend everyone get in touch with you if, if any of this is oh, resonating with them and um we were asked to do loads of reflection and I was saying to, to to Matt and I think you were there at the time that I remember in my 20s when I had an office job I had a house I had a partner good relationship loads of friends and I kept going to bed every night and going is this it like is this, yeah. is this, is this what my life is now is it is it family and settle down like I, I just maybe thought I don't know and I kept saying is this it and it just it just went on for about a year and it used to do my head in and turns out it wasn't it and uh, you know like sadly we split but I did go on to find a completely different career and, and sadly no (laughs) but then I met Matt and obviously we launched this and and it was because I think deep down inside at that point I'd go to the gym a lot so I knew there was a passion there and I was doing the masters in nutrition but it was all it was all part-time it was all like a hobby and um and that's how everyone saw it Keris's hobby Um, so yeah but I I had that nagging feeling of like I'm sure I'm sure I've got more in me that it's not really because I think there's so many so about the this, plane is, going over. This, is, this is something that I've only started to understand and, and, and work on recently but if life is made up of energy it's our physical energy, emotional something else, mental and spiritual so I was always quite good with the physical, emotional and mental stuff I kind of felt like I had that down but the spiritual energy, like any time someone said the word spiritual I kind of just got sick a little bit in my throat and I was like oh god <laughs> you break out the crystal ball and beat, you've lost me I'm going so goodbye (laughs) and I completely resisted anything that I felt had anything to do with spirituality because I just said screw you and your spiritualism that's not me but I read something somewhere that completely changed my outlook on it within a second but basically this author I can't remember his name um but he defined spiritual energy as understanding what your vision and purpose is in life oh that's good and I and I thought that was incredible and I thought that's something that I could totally get down with and as soon as I read that statement I do feel like a little bit of something changed inside me because I'm very good at looking after my mental health my physical health I manage my emotions I manage my interactions I would be quite social and emotionally aware but there was a little something that I couldn't tap into. And Matt, this is kind of like that person that you were talking about. They haven't tapped into that spiritual energy yet. They aren't managing that. And the reason that they're aware that something feels wrong, it's because it's almost like that energy is clogging them a little bit. They need to do something to release that. It's the same way. If you guys ever feel stressed out, you might feel a bit jittery and you need to go for a run because you need to release that built up tension. Why can't our spiritual energy be the same thing? Why can't 
be a manifestation of frustration and a lack of satisfaction that we have with our life that we need to let go of in some way and we let that go when we begin a journey towards understanding we can live our vision how we can find out what our purpose is so i think there's a lot of people out there who experience frustration because they're not letting that spiritual side kind of manifest a little bit and, and I is, never, that, is that the role thought that you i would say those things ever <laughs> it's just Sorry, is that the role that you see coaching fulfilling then generally like that, just tapping in as well as others obviously because I'm thinking that what people are doing um that are in that situation that you've just described is yeah. probably just going maybe it's the carbs maybe I'm not getting enough carbs maybe I haven't trained enough this week maybe it's you know maybe it's my job they're probably just chasing the tail a little bit so like the yeah, first because it's, it's it's easier to change those things because yeah. we have a greater understanding nutrition exercise um, and our, our profession I guess our profession our jobs it's easier to to try to fix those things because everyone talks about them there's always a solution um, that people are offering um, but we don't talk enough about the spiritual side of things and I'm sorry I, I, I need to be so super clear I'm not I'm not a the spiritual stuff is something that I'm only starting to understand and respect now but I do feel like if I had a great un, greater understanding of my spiritual energy which for me means my purpose and my vision in life life would have been a little bit different a long time ago for me and I think that maybe we need to spend a little bit more time with kids in schools in college and in our jobs talking to people about their life about their vision and about how they can be supported to progress towards those goals by doing that we will be enabling people feel empowered enough to be able to talk about that sort of stuff without feeling embarrassed about it because there is a bit of a stigma around spirituality at times because it is seen as really fluffy and it can be really fluffy and as soon as it does get fluffy i i've lost interest in it because i I don't resonate with that but talk to me about my vision and my purpose and my passion I'm all over that stuff. Whip out a crystal ball and you've lost me. <laughs> I was just going to ask, have, me, you got, like, have you got crystals yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll come over to you guys in the UK with my crystal balls and beads. <laughs> Let's stare at the stars together. <laughs> it's, it's interesting um, that, that we've all come I, across this. I really this. believe there's something there. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, it's interesting that we've come across this from a a business perspective quite a lot because like you've just said um if you are running a business then you've got to have a vision you've got to have a plan in place um and so in a way we've been lucky uh, but like you i just think god if, if someone had sat me down when i was 16 at school and done this with me and then again when i left university and then again when i was you know in in in, in, a, in an office job where you know you have careers meetings and things but there was never anything like where you know really sort of i never felt like i was invested in or, or anyone sort of let me thrash things out a little bit and try and work out what i wanted to do and yeah. it, it could and have we, just we it need, could have made such a difference to about the yeah. last 20 years of my life 100 percent. so much of, of what has inspired the better life project is seeing what people do in the gym and how they approach their fitness and we are very structured we use programs goals outputs we use all of all of that really juicy stuff and we achieve more often than not success in the gym and then you see what people do with work and business we have missions visions we have values 
we have meetings, we implement strategies and tools to help us achieve success. And then you look at our personal lives and how we are progressing towards our personal goals and we're not doing that. Yeah. Um, but we're rock stars in the gym and we experience overwhelming levels of success in work, but our personal life is pulling up falling apart we have a really bad relationship with ourselves um we have very poor relationships with the people that we love and um, we look at ourselves in the mirror we call ourselves fat ugly worthless and useless we binge eat foods that we don't need we don't exercise because we don't respect our body because exercise is only something that you do when you need to change your weight it's nothing that you should do to you know maintain your well-being and we have such a flawed way of looking at our personal life but we already have what it takes to succeed because we just need to see it and view it the same way we do our progress in the gym or in work. Yeah. So that's the, that's the essence of what inspired the Better Life Project and, and why myself and James and, and I operate as a coach in the way that I do. Because I'm going, your personal life is no different to how you would approach the gym. And it is no different to what you would do in work. So I've seen you successful in work and I've seen you smash it in the gym. Well, let's take that and smash it in your personal life as well. I love that. I love that because I, I, I mm. speaking of training, because me personally, I, I train because I absolutely bloody love training. Yeah. I, I genuinely yeah. love, I, I love being in the gym. I love the atmosphere. I love lifting weights and, and it's not just about, it's incredibly rare that I go to the gym because I feel that I have to go to the gym. Mm, I go to the gym amazing. because it's a part of my day that I, you know, it's, it's my my time for me and, and I fully yeah. enjoy it. I love what you just said there because I think it's the exact same. Like my, I, I'm 100% with you on that one. People yeah. put so much effort into writing out their training plan, you know, how many reps and sets and weights they're going to be doing, etc., exactly. etc. Yeah. Et yet their personal life is is the complete opposite of that so yeah speaking because yeah. you you're, you're big on your training sarah you're a key yeah. crossfitter yeah. am i right yeah power lifter uh, only only uh, crossfitter again only as of three weeks ago um so oh. i started as a crossfitter and then i turned power lifter and now i've gone back crossfitter so you're a you're a you're a power fitter yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'm I'm gonna buy the domain name for that. I'm gonna start a new craze. <laughs> Although it does sound like a, to- a power tool company. <laughs> power fitter. Power like fitter. Something, something odd, anyway. Yeah. I was very impressed with your um, your deadlift video that was uh, on your Facebook. That, oh, that yes, was heavy. That was, that was nice. It, it wasn't the the 150 that I wanted, but it was nice to be able to say that I lifted 150 something. Um, that's amazing. So, because so, what I was going to get at was, yeah. what's your approach to training then for you? My, so, so you're, you're obviously, you know, you're with the powerlifting background. Just lift heavy stuff. You lift a lot of heavy stuff: <laughs> yeah. squats, bench, deadlift. Um, yeah. So, how how do you approach training then? In in the you know, let's face it, a lot of people look at training mainly, not not all, but you know, there's a good mm. chunk of it that's based on aesthetics. Fat loss, you know, yeah. etc. Yeah. How, how do you look at it? My my outlook has changed drastically in the last few weeks. Um, but when I first started my journey about five years ago, it was to lose weight, and um, and then it slowly turned into, oh my gosh, I feel like a strong, empowered, confident badass when <laughs> I'm able to lift heavy things off the floor or put heavy things on my back and sit up and stand stand up again. So for me. I will only, at the moment, I can only ever see myself 
doing something that involves strength training in some way because of how empowered I feel um, by being able to move heavy stuff. It's, it's, an, it's an incredible feeling being able to uh, walk into Ikea and take a big heavy shelf off the, off the shelf and, and not genuinely not need any help or being able to piggyback your cousin you know, a kilometre down the road because he was tired. That's a really, really nice feeling. Um, do, you, do you ever go to Ikea and just just to lift stuff and carry it oh, and then yeah. you, don't, you don't actually <laughs> buy anything you just leave I'm, off to now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to take every stuff off the floor and, and lift it back up again see yeah. no, you, you, you save yourself a good 50 quid a month on gym membership yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> offer to shelf so for that me, for me the strength training is is hugely important and I think for women as well um, I, I, rarely, I rarely entertain or indulge the whole weights makes you bulky because yeah. I just I have so little time for that I lift weight more regularly than so many women out there and I don't think I look bulky so I'm, I just I, I don't entertain that anymore well, we, we, we can vouch for that I we've, we've met you in person you, you don't look, look bulky you look fantastic <laughs> thank you um so for me strength training is hugely important and my my journey start, started off with with um my aesthetics in mind and I wanted to look a very certain way and the gym and food was something that I needed in order to manipulate my body so that it would look pretty or it would look lean and I had a very limited view on what it was the gym and food could give me and it wasn't until I started to lift quite heavy that I realized oh my god my body is so much more than something that should just look pretty or lean all of the time my body is something that can move a lot of weight my body is something that can walk run skip jump handstand and I started to respect what it was that my body could do and not not just how I wanted it to look, mm. so I went from an aesthetic goal to a performance goal. But then did your it, aesthetics change anyway? Right, yeah, when I first started on my journey, I did lose, um, and it was, it was it was strange, and I, I, I probably lost in the region of five to eight kilos, but I didn't notice the weight just fell off, and it, and it, it wasn't until someone actually said it to me that I realized, but I was having so much fun in the gym that there was no time for me to weigh myself or to check myself out in the mirror. I, I, I was hanging out with friends and it was just great crack. I cleaned up the diet so I no longer ate. For me, you know, when I was in my early 20s, a nice meal could have been a pizza that I bought in the, in the supermarket, but one of the good pizzas. Um, <laughs> and that would have been my lunch, the whole thing. Um, so I, I never had a bad diet, but I did make some massive changes to it. Um, and that helped. But this was, this was six years ago, maybe, that I would have lost a little bit of weight. It's been so long since I've thought about it because my focus for so long has been on my performance. Um, but it was strength training and simply making very small changes to my diet that made the difference. I did all of the paleo, Atkins, all of those things. And the only thing they did was make me bloody miserable. The only thing that actually worked was small changes practiced mm. consistently. Um, I was able to uh, to lose weight. Not that I probably didn't need to lose weight, but it just happened because of what I was doing. But the emphasis and the focus is so much on my performance now that I have the, or I had the same problem with my performance as some people do with their aesthetics. They obsess so much yeah. over it. They take all the fun out of their journey. Yeah. And 
the reason why I lost weight was because my journey was so much fun. I looked forward to every single second of my day. It became a lifestyle for me. The gym became a part of what it was that I did every day or four or five days a week. Um, and I enjoyed cooking nice food and preparing meals in a way that I never did before. But then my performance became something that a lot of people dread with their weight loss journey. You put a lot of pressure on yourself to achieve results. You put a lot of pressure on yourself to always be that person who um, spoke about with your friends or who defined herself almost by that journey. Um, I'm sure I, I don't work with people who, who um, I don't work with the same sort of people that you do, but I've spoken to these guys, I see them on Facebook, and they have defined their life almost by their ability to maintain their weight and to look a very specific way. Mm -hmm. And that's almost what I became in relation to my performance. Um, I get that though. I can I can understand yeah. that. I think I think it almost yeah. has almost carries the same amount of pressure in that you especially from a strength perspective, you kind yeah. of yeah. you're always chasing numbers and I know it's a different type of number, but you're chasing numbers. Exactly. I mean James yeah. uh, James wrote a blog about this some time ago, I think, about stop chasing numbers. Yeah. Um, in that yeah. people are so focused on that number going up but the yeah. thing is I always find especially with strength uh, enthusiasts like ourselves mm. yeah. the number yeah. is always the same thing and that's the weight on the bar where yeah. they, they forget other numbers like reps rest periods number of yeah. sets etc yeah. etc it's not just about going heavier and heavier and I totally got caught in that trap myself in the yeah. you get that buzz you get that buzz about lifting heavier and getting stronger and, yeah. and it's almost the same as uh, you know of course you know the way I'm talking now so you know I'm not I'm not talk, telling you how to suck eggs like this is obviously for our, <laughs> for our listeners sake um, yeah. I've, I've lost my train of thought now oh there we go so it's like weight loss i suppose in the initially when you start on a weight loss fat loss journey the results come quite quickly you lose weight quite yes. quickly uh you're, you're you're over the moon then all of a sudden it slows down it plateaus etc etc and you need to change up but yeah. and it's the same with strength training you start on strength training all of a sudden your numbers start shooting up rapidly and you get so used rapidly. to it and then all of a sudden it's like oh hold on, I was lifting this last week and it felt really good and now this week it feels horrendous. Yeah. Um, I'm going to yeah. have to go lighter. Oh no, yeah. this is this is awful. I'm getting weaker. What's going on? In fact, yeah. I might as well not bother training. I might as well go home because I've got weaker. Yeah. I haven't got stronger. And, and you, you get caught up in it that way. And I think that same with nutrition, training, lifestyle, it's the same thing. It's all about having that step change and then being, to adapt, being able to adapt the kind of deeper you get into it. Yeah, yeah. I find myself with a lot of workshops that I do um, on body acceptance, the people that I talk to um, are trying to change, trying to lose weight in some way. They're trying to change the way that they look. They, they have started to obsess so much over their weight loss that they're... They're, they have become more stressed out they don't really sleep as well and I don't know a huge amount about weight loss but I know stress and sleep 
are hugely important. So it's it's counterproductive. It was funny because I would say I would I would spout how valuable or how valid all goals are, whether or not it's health, performance, or aesthetic. Each goal is valid, and if the goal is important to you, then that's enough. But if you've been chasing the same thing for so long and you no longer notice results or you no longer feel any joy, then maybe it's time that you change your goal and you change your focus and just give yourself a break. So I find myself for the first time following that piece of advice myself and gone, okay, I've been chasing the performance goal for a really long time now and I no longer enjoy training. Going to the gym was difficult for me. Going to the gym and just... it just was hard for me. It didn't. It, it wasn't my sanctuary anymore. It used to be my happy place. It used to be where I would go to let off steam and to relax. And it slowly became it turned into a trigger for me. And it was, and it still is because you know I've only kind of come to terms with this in the last week or ten days. In spite of careless of the conversations that we would have had in Portugal. I think I was very good at intellectualizing it, but actually making that emotional was just a little bit harder. So I think I've only come to terms with it now in the the last while. And you just need to break every now and again. Your body and your mind are very, very good at telling you when you need to stop doing stuff. But we're also very, very good at ignoring that advice. Um, I think I'm going to get a reputation for telling people not to exercise. (laughs) But it's true. I just think everyone needs a break every now and then. It's like, but that's it. And it's just, it's just a shift. And I started crossfitting and I crossfit for two and a half years and I love every single second of it. Strength is addictive. I left crossfit strong and I became a lot stronger within 12 months. But there was only so much of that that I could take on top of running a business and, and everything else that was going on. I just needed to follow my own advice. And it was one of the hardest things to do to take a break from something that I was so passionate for, that I, I had so many goals around. But what I'm coming to realize now it's that is that it was one of the best things that I could do because I would only start to resent training. Yeah. And if something is that important to you, if something is, 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 is that fun for you, you need to respect that a little bit more than I think I respected it over the last couple of months it became it became a chore I, d- I didn't um, protect it in any way I guess is what I'm trying to say and I think we need to protect the things that bring us joy a little bit more than what I was doing at that time so the best thing that I did was take a break and it's really hard I've got so many friends who who won't take breaks yeah they will literally drive themselves to the ground you will ask them to remember what training was like when they first started body language changes their eyes start to glisten they they look so much yeah. happier and they recall so many wonderful stories what they have now is nothing like what they had when they started because they've just worked themselves into a ground they focus too much on trying to achieve trying to achieve and they forget on just enjoying it and that was me for a really long time yeah. that was me that's um, how i think actually changing skills uh, i mean like we talk about athletes and how they'll they'll go through yeah. phases of they'll do like periodization and 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 change yeah. what they're doing but we say to people like you know you could have a few months where you might focus on i don't know like gymnastics and yoga or martial arts mm. or and then you have a few months where you might want to go into lifting and most coaches i know because as a personal trainer you get bored really quickly because obviously yeah. you're doing all of this you're teaching it all and every single day so i I used to change everything up quite a bit um but yeah. and I, I just say to people to do that if you, if you 
it's not the exercise necessarily itself it's that it's not giving you the challenge and stimulus anymore or like you've said you've just set yourself so many benchmarks it just becomes even the thought of entering the gym is like oh god you know there's too much pressure but if it was something new where you don't really know what you're capable of a new skill you're so focused on learning you don't have benchmarks to hit and things so yeah. like yeah. Matt's gone for uh, his first tennis lesson today <laughs> we're saying on a podcast basically every time there's like a new sport so obviously Wimbledon's on Matt goes I think I think I've got this I think I could win it I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and have tennis lessons and like I don't know what <laughs> yeah basically I don't know what's next on the menu but by September there was something else that he's gone to but, but no, I, I, but I can see why you do it because you need the different yeah well that's the thing I mean like um you know that hour that I'm on the lesson. It's actually, you know, uh, it's it's you're completely like in the moment, and you know you're yeah. listening to somebody else who's teaching you a skill. You know, and I think that's the difference in that. You yeah. know, like you know, I come from a rugby background, and don't get me wrong, like r- rugby requires skill, but it also re- requires you know a lot of it is just sheer power and speed, which is a huge advantage. Yeah. Whereas tennis, for example. It's no use having power if you haven't got technique. Yeah. You know, you need yeah. to have that kind of smooth, fluid technique, you know, in order to, 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 to make the most of your power. And it's yeah. amazing. That hour goes so quickly because yeah. you're just yeah, constantly you're... learning and your footwork yeah. and how yeah, you strike. Yeah, when you're totally immersed in something, it's, uh, it's like one of the best feelings oh, ever. it's amazing, so, yeah. Yeah, that's what the gym used to be like for me. I used to go in there and before I knew it, you were there for an hour and you just it's had gone. this amazing workout. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's time to reassess when you check your clock every five minutes going, has it only been five minutes? (laughs) I think, you know, that's when you need to change. And it could just be changing goals within that sport. Like there are many ways that you can try to keep stimulated. Um, But um, changing something like what I said there, uh, you know, a a while back about hedonic adaptation and how we just get used to stuff very quickly. Um, If you're an Olympic athlete or if you're a professional sports person, it's, it's, you know, there's a different motivation there keeping you going and you persevere through those times. But for most people out there, for the people that you or I would work with, the most important thing to remember is is to help that person always have fun and enjoy what it is that they do. That's almost the the, the first thing to that we lose. It's just fun. We stop enjoying it, but we think that we have to persevere because yeah. if we don't, we're quitters. If we don't, we're weak. If we don't, people will judge us, or or will will become a failure. And it's not any of those things. Um, it just means that you've needed to change. You need to you need to break. Your body is saying something, and you're going, "Okay, body, I'll give that to you. You yeah. can have your break." <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, to- I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Sarah, we're gonna have yeah. to wrap it up. Um, yeah, it's been <laughs> time has flown. Time has flown by. No, but no, it's been awesome. Like really, really good, um, really good chat there. Amazing. I'm sure Alison yeah, will, will love advice. it. Yes. Two things before we go. Number yeah. one, big announcement time. Um, <laughs> Keris and Sarah are going to be setting up a podcast of their own called <laughs> Girl Talk. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. so obviously it's going to be. We're going to talk about girls. <laughs> anything related to, to women. Uh, so, why don't you? So, it's going to be a combination of 
information about training, mindset, nutrition. Yeah, well, basically, when, when I met um, Sarah, we, we just, for Britain, the pair of us, about everything, yeah. all of our experiences, and and yeah. I just felt like we come from different angles in that she's got a lot more of the, the life coaching and the, the, the sort of as everything that you've talked about today, and, and I'm yeah. sort of coming more from a nutrition and, um, you know, nutritional therapy perspective. So together yeah. we can offer lots of different advice but just us talking is you know I learned so don't, much from don't, you don't so together I think we're going to change the freaking world yeah. <laughs> it's me putting like limitations and barriers and <laughs> it's but, working already yeah but what I was going to say was it's, together when I talked to you I learned so much so it, it's, it's amazing as I'm with you yeah so yeah, yeah we just thought let's just record us chatting away and just hope that someone can learn something from it <laughs> and they will I think it's it was such a I, I think it's such an incredible idea and I'm not only am I excited to learn Paris because there's um there's there's a huge amount there that, that you know that I'm dying to just just to soak up when it comes to nutrition and I don't know the hormone side of stuff yeah See, there's, there's just so much stuff <laughs> that I think that I can learn from you um but I think um I think it's it's going to be really awesome being able to um to have those conversations so that people can actually understand and, and, and learn from that from those conversations as well i'm gonna get all your hormones tested and then i'll do a live analysis <laughs> everyone <laughs> <laughs> but no that, that's that's gonna be awesome and that's coming soon yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we're awesome. starting recording yeah. soon i'm gonna i'm yeah. gonna message james and set up guy talk <laughs> that would be good actually we can go head to head in like the, the podcast ratings each week and reps and whey protein tell each other like dirty jokes Casey (laughs) (laughs) to be fair I think that's actually a very good idea the only problem is is, uh, James is a very busy boy at the moment with the uh the new gym the coming gym. so yeah, he is absolutely um floored oh so i'll yeah. have to i'll have to hang fire yeah he's yeah he's um till um I, the construction is going to start at the end of august so they they will hopefully be finished by it'll only take a couple of months it's going to be awesome when it's finished though oh, i can't wait um, i'll have to um yeah. we'll, we'll have to pay yeah, a visit over to come to dublin i yeah, keep saying absolutely. i want to go it's, yeah. my, it's my 30th birthday soon. I keep dropping hints. There was, a, there, there was another one. <laughs> nudge, nudge. Come to Dublin, come to Dublin. Sarah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. I know that you Thanks are so literally um, sat in your car right now in the pee and rain doing this yeah. Skype call. So that's awesome. But Sarah, just quickly before we say ta-ra, um, you've got a pretty cool book coming out, have you not? do i do so um it is called the 21 day better life project plan and it's 21 days to a happier healthier more positive you it is a free ebook so i am really excited to be able to um give every one in the fitness uh fish or food community one um so i had a bit of a brain fart there um, <laughs> and i think there's going to be a link made available in the show notes um yeah. with this podcast but it's 21 days of rut-busting tips, tricks, and strategies to empower you to be a happier, healthier, and more positive version of yourself. It's freaking awesome. Um, it's the second edition. We launched the first one last year, and it was incredible. It was it was so great. I wanted everyone to have it, um, so everyone is going to have it for free. Like Sarah said, the, the link will be in the show notes, and we'll, we'll definitely get up on the, on the page as well, because it is awesome, and it's important that we get it out to as many people as possible spread the love yeah um, absolutely spread the love so where can where can people find out a little bit more about your your lovely self 
Awesome. Um, the website is www.thebetterlifeproject.ie. So check us out there. Make sure you subscribe to the emails. Um, that is, um, I guess, my emails I send a couple a week. And they are full of really nice stories that will help empower you to think about how you can live a happier, healthy, more positive life. You can find us on Facebook at The Better Life Project Ireland. And um, that is always just a very fun and playful site. I like to make personal development fun. It's not serious. Yeah. We, we can enjoy this journey um, towards um, personal development um, more than some people think that we can. So I want to be able to show you guys how fun it can be. And then you can find me on Instagram. I think it's Sarah underscore the better life project I think but you can find Instagram or Facebook um, and they're just little bits and pieces of what it is the better life project does and how we work um, and we have loads of fun doing it so I want everyone to come join us <laughs> <laughs> well I can say I absolutely love your videos Sarah yeah, um, they're, they're awesome they're entertaining and they you know they get the message <laughs> out there as they should but yeah Sarah once again thank you so much yeah, thank um, you thank no, thank you. It's been, again, I, I kind of have to pinch myself, guys, that I'm, I'm actually having this chat with you because I've been following you guys for uh, so long. No. I, I both, you know, like movie stars in my head and then I saw you guys in Portugal. And was then such I a letdown. We were such a letdown. <laughs> yeah. You were like so disappointed. So, thank you. Um, it really means a lot that you included me today. Um, oh, God, I love no. everything that you guys are doing. Oh, well, likewise. That's why we had you on. Thank you. <laughs> Awesome, Sarah. Well, listen, no doubt we'll uh, be seeing you in Dublin sometime soon. Um, yes. And we'll, well, we'll certainly start hearing more of you when you and Keris get this podcast on the go. Yeah. Awesome. Don't, don't go getting too busy for me, Keris. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah. Well, listen, enjoy the rest of the day and we will uh, catch up soon. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you so awesome. much. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. See you in the next episode. Bye-bye. And don't forget to share. See you later.